0: From ministry to Hollywood, and all things in between, actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live.
1: What is up, everybody? This is the TCS Live show. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to another episode. And if it sounds like I got a little bit more of a giddy up in my step today, it is because I do. I'm extremely excited. I just completed my third book. It's called Eyes Fixed, My True Life Story. And uh, it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. And the, the title is pretty much self-explanatory. It is my true life story. And I just let myself bear. And I'm really excited because I believe it's going to, for sure, inspire a lot of people for Jesus. So I'm really, really pumped about that. Um, you heard me say it's my third book. That's because uh, in 2015, I wrote my first book called The Pursuit. And in 2017 I wrote my second book called Plan on God's team and both of both of these are devotionals and Bible studies and but this last book this third one is uh, my autobiography so so it's a bit different I've I've never written just an account of my life like this so it's not meant to you know, it's not a Bible study. It's not devotional. It's just my story. It's it's you sitting down with me. We got a cup of coffee or tea, or and, and we just and, and maybe you've asked me, "Hey, TC, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. What don't we know about you?" And um, and I lay it out. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. So eyes fixed. It releases June 9th, 2021, and that's a special day because I chose that day because it's my 20 20th wedding anniversary. Me and my wife will, will have been married for 20 years. We've been together 21 years and uh, it'll be 20 years of marriage. And so I'm releasing the book on June 9th. But the main reason I'm doing that is because my wife wrote the forward for my book. And this is her, her first time doing something like that. But nobody knows me better than my wife. So I, I thought of no better person uh, to write the forward than her. And so I'm really, really excited about that. So I look forward to that. So yeah, so that's why I'm a little giddy today. Plus, you know, I got, a movie coming out, My Brother's Keeper. Many of you have uh, heard about that or familiar with it. This is the most challenging role of my entire career. You'll you'll see me like you've never seen me. Um, and that comes out March 19th. And you can see more and hear more about the movie, um, obviously by following me on social media, but the movie website is mbkfilm.com. And I'm really, really amped about My Brother's Keeper. And I just can't wait for you guys to see uh, it's just a great cast. And, uh, you know, uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam, um, Robert Richard, Joey Lawrence, Greg Allen Williams, mm-hmm. Shannon Fields. It's just a really, really good, solid cast. So I'm really, really excited about it. Blue Kimball as well. Blue Kimball is in it as well. Just a great, 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 great cast. And uh, I also am pumped about the fact that I am now an executive producer for a new network coming out called PAX TV. P-A-X, PAX TV. And this has just been, you know, this is my life's work to be able to create opportunities for other people and create my own shows, create my own ideas, and uh, just to help bring other actors along who want to use their talent for the Lord without compromise. And PAX TV is allowing me to do that. So I'm an executive producer there. And uh, you can find out more about PAX TV by going to pax-tv.com. Uh, you can also follow Pax TV on uh, social media at Pax Television, and I'm just really pumped about that because, like I said, man, this is this is an opportunity to look for those other TC Stallings out there that that started off, you know, with with just the whole ambition to want to honor God with their career, and they're looking for that break, and uh, I'm able to help that happen, and just to help put out some good, clean entertainment. Um, so I look forward to it. And then we'll have an app that you can download just like any other app, and. And uh, watch TV, and it's a good, clean family entertainment. So I'm really pumped about that. And then also, some of you may or may not know that I'm these, these actors that I just spoke about. Well, I'm helping actors all across the country and outside of the country with a program called Uncompromised Christian Actor Coaching. And I'm really amped about that because it, it all started from me just looking and seeing that actor coaching specifically designed for Christians just didn't exist. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> it's just that simple. And I did it. And I created a program. And, and when you enter the program, you're also uh, welcomed into the, the uncompromised Christian actor coaching Facebook page. It's a private group, and we, and we work out in there, man. It's the actor's gym, you know. And I help people to just, you know, really get better at what they're doing, and, and hopefully launch some careers. And so I'm really, really excited about that. And if you want more information on that, just go to my website www.tcstallings.life and then you click on the Christian actor coaching program to tell you all about it and so yeah so just to keep up with all this stuff um, my website tcstallings.life go there and follow me on social media Um, just look for my I'm verified on uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram so make sure it's a verified page so you know it's me and you can also sign up for my newsletter when you go to my website you can sign up for my newsletter and you can also email me directly email my team and the email is team tc at tcstallings.life. and uh you know you, you may have questions that you want to you know pose to the show here or you know want to give a comment you know want to tell me hey tc you're doing good or whatever you want to do these are all the ways you can connect with me so a lot is going on and i'm really really excited because you know the way i roll i just want to use all my gifts for god's glory and he has given me the opportunity to do that but let's dive right in you know, let's dive right into today's topic which is things that might be holding you back as a Christian that is what I want to talk about today things that might be holding you back things that might be holding me back you know um because I've been through this and I, and a lot of a lot of what my show is based off of is things that I've been through um and I've seen how God has worked I've seen how he has shown me in scripture what to do and then I just share that with you you know so Things that might be holding you back as a Christian. Now, this is this is a very straightforward topic, and I want to talk about it because I want to focus on what makes you and I ineffective as Christians, and not only ineffective at living the Christian life effectively, but leading others to Christ and helping others to live a Christian life effectively. Now, certain things truly hold us back from leading others to Christ, and, and that's sad because that's our sole purpose for life: is to show people who Jesus is. But Jesus ain't looking too good these days and it's not his fault. It's ours because there there are those who, who God smiles on every day and is pleased at how they're living their lives and pleased at how they are helping people to know who a son Jesus is. And I'm aiming to be one of those people and I hope you are too. And if that's the case, we need to talk about what kinds of things are holding us back from that. So let's dive into a few potential reasons for it and and be honest with yourself. If if you feel like you might be dealing with one of this stuff, uh, with, with some of this stuff, just be honest about it. Because like I said, it's the whole goal is to be effective for Jesus. And like I said, God is smiling on some people who are doing it, who's doing it right. And, and he's really angry with people who are doing it wrong. And I just want to be on the side of, of doing it right, you know, and. And when nobody's perfect, you repent when you get it wrong, but I just want to have the goal of doing it right. I want to aim to do it right. So let's just dive right in, man. One of the, one of the major things that could be holding you back, could be, and like I said, if this isn't your issue, maybe the next one is. And and, and if, if, if you've got a grip on all of these things, great. But if you don't have a grip on something, just be, be, be glad that we brought it up, it got brought to your attention and something you can go about and pray about and work on. But the worst thing you can do is do nothing. Just just don't do that. You know, make a move. So one of the major things that could be holding you back is that your relationship with Jesus is unattractive. It's literally unattractive. Now, let me preface this by saying a relationship with Jesus can be unattractive for all the right reasons, meaning. People see you doing it right. They see the commitment that it takes and the discipline that it takes, and sometimes the suffering that comes with it, and they're like, nah, uh-uh, no, nah, I don't want no parts of that." <laughs> you know So people being unattracted to Christ because of that is something you can't control, and even Scripture says that that kind of thing will happen, and that's okay. You're going to get some of that. But I- I'm talking about the negative reason for your relationship being unattractive to other people. And, and this is usually caused by a poor representation by us of what a relationship with Jesus is really like. I mean, it, it looks so bad to people that, again, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, uh-uh, mm I don't want no parts of that. And this is solely due to our inappropriate actions while pounding our chests about how much of a Christian we are. We say it loud and proud. You know, I'm a Christian. You know, praise God in Jesus' name and all those different things. And, but then people start to watch what we do. When, when you announce that, you just told the world, hey, I'm a Christian. And they say, okay, I'm going to watch you and see what you do. And depending on what you do, that's where all the problems can start for us. That's where all the problems can start for some of us, and I'll tell you why. You, you know how people like to say, I don't care what people think about me. I don't is a Christian. I don't care what people think about me. And in some cases I get that kind of thinking. But from a biblical perspective, you should always care what people think about you. Now, context is everything. So let me say that again. You should always care what people think about you in a proper context. Context is everything. So understand where I'm coming from. Let's look at Scripture. The Scripture is like Romans 2. Romans chapter two, 20 through 24, where it says, you are so proud of knowing the law. And in our case, that's, that's the Bible, that's scripture. You are so pr- proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Now, I hope you follow that scripture right there. This, this scripture is making it plain. Paul was getting on people who call themselves children of God, who know so much about God and, and love to tell other people what they should be doing and, and how they should be following God. Yet they failed miserably at doing it themselves. And this led to the Gentiles having no respect or interest in honoring God. Now remember that the Gentiles, they were people who were not following God and, and didn't have God's law. And now here come this group of people trying to tell them about God how they should be living their lives. And the Gentiles were evidently completely turned off and, and not by God and who he is, but by the people that were representing him. So instead of being attracted to God, they were pushed away and they ended up blaspheming God and God can't use people like that. So, so that was then in the Bible days. What, what does this scenario look like Today? I'm telling you, it looks exactly the same in our culture and it leads to the same results. It's like many of us call ourselves Christians and we do it openly. We tweet about Jesus. We post about Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We wear our t-shirts and our bumper stickers and things like that, but we forget to live for him. And then after people read all of our tweets and posts and scripture quotes and all of that stuff, and then they start to watch how we live. And if we live our, our lives, in such a way that doesn't care about what people think, then that usually leads to compromise in our faith. Again, if you don't care about what people think because you're doing it right, and that comes off offensive at times, but you know you're doing it right, that's one thing. But if you don't care about what people think and you know you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're calling yourself a Christian, that's a whole nother set of issues and that's a problem. And that's when the world starts to see us as fake, And they start heaping insults at God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and at Christians. And the world blasphemes God today because of many of us and what we do under the the, the name of Jesus and in his name and stuff like that. We, We make being a Christ follower unattractive. Now, I've seen people who call themselves Christians say foolish things like, and you better recognize who you dealing with. You know, I ain't the one. You know, I've even heard people, I'm a cussing Christian. <laughs> you know, I'm a cussing Christian. I'm the cussing kind. You know, I, I love Jesus, but I smack you in the mouth. Come talking to me with that mess. Like people really sit there and say stuff like that. And now, what what in the world makes people think that this is Christ like talk? You know, now I'm not saying people don't get angry, right? But it's what you do in that anger that can can show who you are in Christ. You know any. Anybody can say I ain't the one and beat somebody up or cuss them out for crossing the line. Anybody can do that. But, but what actually shows the power of God in a situation like this? What actually shows the change in you that came with coming to know Jesus? Wouldn't that look different in a situation like this if you're a Christ follower? Right? But being okay with having no control over how you talk and react to others can easily turn people off from Jesus. You know, they, they, they won't even think Jesus can change them because they don't see a change in you. They may already be a person that can't control their anger, ready to cuss you out in a heartbeat. They got that try me. I ain't the one attitude. You know what I mean? And they see a so-called Christian with the exact same mannerisms and they don't control it. Not only that, but but then that Christian proudly showcases it, too. I'm a cussing Christian. <laughs> They're like, well, I'm a cussing non-believer. I'm trying to get better. (laughs) You can't help me. That's the blind leading the blind. It just turns people off. You know, they they end up saying stuff like, you know what? I don't want your Jesus. I don't want your Jesus because he doesn't even work for you. (laughs) I can do what you're doing already. I'm already doing that. So see, your faith is unattractive to him. I mean, have you ever think about it? Have, have you ever met a mean Christian, like been around very mean Christians, always looking down, sour, depressed, always pessimistic, look like they ain't got no hope? Why would I? Why would I be turned on by that if I'm an unbeliever? You know, I, am I saying that we can never have a bad day? No, I'm not saying that you will have a bad day. I guarantee you that, you know, people will make you mad. Someone might cross the line. But how you handle yourselves in these moments will either give glory to God or it could turn people off. And I, what's holding Christians back is, is, is not having a bad day in front of people. Instead, it's how we handle our bad days in front of people. It's not caring. It, it, it's not caring what the world thinks about our choices and what we do with our bad days or, or our, you know, our, our sinful choices, or our sinful moments. That's the problem. That's, that, that leads to a spiritually unattractive lifestyle and it causes the world to blaspheme our God. Th- this is why we need to always pray for spiritual discipline. Got to have it. And that takes me to my next point. Another thing that might be holding you back is, you know, you can't let people talk you out of being spiritually disciplined. Can't let people talk you out of being disciplined. Here's what I'm saying. As a growing Christian, you can't allow people to slow your growth. You can't allow people to slow your growth by telling you things like, "It doesn't take all of that." You know, you're trying to be disciplined. You know, with your with your, with your prayers and, and your Bible study and and you know just all the things that come with being a disciplined Christian. And yeah, people they don't take all of that. You cannot surround yourself with people like that. You can't surround yourself with people that like to take shortcuts spiritually or spend a lot of time with 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 people like this. Like you can't you can't do it. You become like them. You spend a lot of time with people who compromise and take shortcuts. You're going to become just like them. Now, I'm not talking about spending time with an unbeliever. If you're spending a a substantial amount of time um, with an unbeliever and you're investing in, in bringing someone to Christ in a godly way, that is time well spent. Jesus did the same thing. I'm talking about someone who claims to be a Christian, but refuses to discipline themselves spiritually. Reading the Bible on a regular basis, praying every day, praying through each and every area of their life, working on not conforming to the ways of the world. All these things require spiritual discipline and it's hard work. Holy Spirit helps us do it though, if we let them. But disregarding all these disciplines is so much easier to do. It's just easier to just live the Christian life by not worrying about these things. Forget the disciplines. I'm just going to do whatever I want. That's so much easier. And we fall into that. And this is why so many Christians end up choosing that lifestyle. It's just easier to do. It's easier. I mean, if I can do whatever I want in being a Christian, that's so much easier than following all the disciplines that are in scripture and working on it. That's why Christians end up choosing that lifestyle. And all it does, it it, it just makes us weak. It makes us weak as Christians. You know, if, if, if I lift weights all the time, in fact, I do lift weights all the time. I lift weights every day. So I'm a pretty strong guy. All right. But that's not going to happen if I take shortcuts. You know, I go in the gym and, and, and I work hard at it. I beat my muscles up and you know what? But if I just take shortcuts, that's not going to happen. This is, the, this is the way it is with most things that take discipline. Shortcuts don't work. Why do you think some people are completely out of shape? And, and, and I'm just thinking with the fitness thing here. Some people are completely out of shape and there are others that are strong and fit. It's because not everyone chooses to, to discipline themselves to do it. But when the thing that you need to do to be successful at something is essential, like my earlier example dealt with health and fitness, that's negotiable. But when you're talking about your spiritual life, then it's non-negotiable. You need to have discipline in this area and you can't let people talk you out of it. You're trying to be committed, yet you hang out with let's, like, let's go with the, the, the fitness thing again. You're trying to be committed, yet you hang out with donut eaters and you watch TV all the time and you don't work out. And, and, and you and the donut eater are sitting there and the donut eater says, you know, you're training too much. They may even get mad at you for always eating healthy and, and training regularly. They might be like, look, stop drinking water all the time. You drink water all the time. Always got that that water bottle. Can't you just have a soda sometime? See, the the thing is some some Christians, not all, but some who, who want to be undisciplined. They want to be undisciplined. Remember, that's easier to do. They hate it when a disciplined Christian shows up. They hate it because the standard is raised to the proper level. And if, if two people who call themselves Christians, one is living out a disciplined life and they're, they're living it in a living life in a disciplined way, spiritually disciplined way. They're reading their Bible, they're, they're, they pray and they actually live it out. They repent, they, they you know. And then you hang around someone that wants to take shortcuts all the time. See, that shines the light and exposes the undisciplined one. Then, then they only have two choices the person who just got the light shined on them and the person who just got exposed, they only got two choices now, get better or face the criticism of others who can clearly see that they're half-hearted. What's sad is if the person that got exposed, they get resentful and get angry at the disciplined Christian. That's the sad part. I'll give you an example, two, two good examples. One of my favorite football movies is Rudy. If you ever watch Rudy you know you'll see this is a you know Rudy living in a small town wanting to go to Notre Dame and he's not that big he's not that strong eyes are totally against Rudy making it to Notre Dame but he gets there when he gets there he gets there as a walk on and so he's on the practice team he's going against the people the scholarship athletes and he is giving them all he has real scrappy player and he's going harder than the other guys want to go. And they get mad at him. You know, they start attacking him, hitting him all hard and they'd be telling him to knock it off. And I'll never forget the line that he says. He's like, if I knock it off, then you won't be ready for your game next week. Got it. You know, he's got discipline. He's got passion. And because you want a shortcut, you want to get mad at me and take it out on me. I have a personal story just like that. You know, I was at, I played football at Calgary, Calgary Stampeders when I was playing pro football. And I was, I'm a little, bit, a little bit of a better athlete than Rudy, you know, <laughs> humbly speaking. Um, so I wasn't in a situation where I was, you know, um, smaller or, you know, slower or whatever. I was a good athlete, uh, but I was new to the team. And when I got there, you know, we're practicing some of the veterans, you know, you, you know, I played running back and one of the linebackers, um, there's a veteran been there for a while. He had to go up against me and some things, and I was just faster, powerful, knocking him around. And he tried to attack me. Now, it didn't go so well with him because <laughs> I battled back. But but my point is, he was upset that I was going so hard because I was making him look bad. But I'm doing what my coach told me to do, and I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And and you might want to slack in practice. You just went up against the wrong one that day. But you were upset because I was showing discipline and going hard and doing what I needed to do. You know, and, and like I said, that's how it works in, in a spiritual sense. You know, spirit, spiritual health is the same way. You can't let the lazy shortcut taking Christian talk you out of doing what it takes to be strong, committed, surrendered with your life as a Christ follower. So I challenge you to evaluate yourself and see if this is, a, is an issue for you. With all of these points that that, that I'm making, I'm, I'm that's my challenge for you, man. I'm, see if any of this is an issue for you, because if it is, I promise you that it's holding you back. It's holding you back from being more of a usable person for Jesus. And that's not
0: what we want for ourselves. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play, or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back.
1: Another one is this, man. This might be holding you back. And this, this, one, this one's deep. It's you're trying to blend too hard. You know what I mean? You're trying too hard to blend with the world. Now, this one is this is simple. It's straightforward. You, you can't be like the world and be like Jesus at the same time. You, you just can't do it. Yet Christians try to do this all the time and it just does not work. I've, I've tried in my life before and it just don't work. At some point, you just have to make a choice and stick with it. It's like the Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve. You can't serve both God and man. Now, let me clarify what I mean when I say blend or trying too hard to blend. I'm talking about situations that in order to be accepted, right? In order to be accepted into whatever scenario that presents itself to you, you will have to drop your Christian standards some in order to blend. Otherwise, you won't fit in. You won't blend in with the situation. An example would be, some of the social media challenges that are out there, like hashtag the blankety blank challenge, whatever it is. Now, let's just call it what it is. Many of these challenges are sinful things that you probably would not even do in front of Jesus. But we, we, we forget all about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. and We forget what they might think. And we participate. We participate in these challenges like it's no big deal. We don't care what the, what, what the music is, what, what the, the, the images are. No, we, we participate. We do it. And we and we only do it because it's popular, because it's the number one trending challenge, and and everybody else is doing it, and videos are popping up of people doing it, and the challenges are going viral, and they end up being featured on the news or the talk shows, and people get popular from it, and then the Christians fall for it and they get sucked in, and this is one of Satan's greatest tricks and temptations, if you ask me. You know, years ago, I used to get trapped by the trends too, in terms of watching them and look at them, you know. But but let me tell you one thing that helps. This worked for me. If you're on social media, you know, if you're if you're a social media person and and you and you don't want to have these things pop up in your feed and your timeline so you don't even see it and get tempted by it. First of all, I know it'd be trending number one and all of that, but stop clicking on the trends. And I'm gonna tell you why. Like you can tell a lot of times by what the trend says, whether or not you should even look at it. Stop clicking on them. Because see, when you click on the trends and you constantly keep clicking and scrolling, clicking and scrolling. The algorithm knows that you're there and you're spending time with it and they consider you interested in these things and they'll keep sending them to you. So what you need to do is on most social medias, there's an option that you can choose where you click it and say, not interested. When you see these trends and you can kind of sense that it's probably something simple, not good, click not interested and do it over and over and over and over again. Just keep clicking not interested. And because if you understand social media, they want you to spend as much time there as possible. So if they keep sending you things that you're not personally interested in, then they know you're gonna eventually leave the platform or not be on there as much. So they actually obey you when you choose not interested and they'll send you other things. So that's that's something. And also set your filters, go in your filters. Now, this is probably the only time that you wanna see these words. You actually, it's, it might be a little painful to write them, but write all of those cuss words and nasty words that you did and write them in the filter as words you do not want to see under any circumstances and set all of your filters and things to protect you. Then you won't see those things. Works for me. I guarantee you. I'm telling you, this is what I do. Got to do these things. But you have to stop falling for the popularity trap when it comes to some of the things that the world is doing. Again, I'm not talking about avoiding non-believers and stuff like that altogether or people that may not be making the best decisions in life, I'm not talking about avoiding them altogether. I'm not saying that you should never be around them and you you should never like see what's going on in the world and and know what's up. I'm not saying that because you need to to be an effective witness for Jesus because Jesus didn't avoid people like that. He spent purposeful time with people who were making bad choices, but he did it with a plan And, and he didn't blend when he did it. Most people are familiar with the fact that Jesus sat down with Matthew, the tax collector, and had lunch with him. Right. Many Christians misunderstand this and misuse this situation. And they try to justify blending with the world or blending into sinful situations. But Jesus didn't blend in that situation. He impacted Matthew. Jesus was the influencer. He calls people to be more like him, not the other way around. He ate with Matthew. He didn't start becoming a tax cheat with Matthew, though. Right. (laughs) You know, he he didn't he didn't start collecting taxes in a sinful way with Matthew so that Matthew could be more comfortable with Jesus's presence. They didn't sit around eating, talking about how how great they just, you know. Got one over on the people with the taxes. He didn't blend. No, Jesus stayed true to who he was. And as a result, Matthew changed. Not Jesus. And that's how we're supposed to be in the world. Difference makers, change makers. But how can we do that if we keep watering ourselves down so that we blend better, dropping our standards so that we cross over better? That's not how Jesus did it. You'll never be effective for him that way. It holds you back. It'll make it harder for you to be a disciple maker and lead people to Jesus. And and you will also make it much harder for Jesus to use you because you're trying to be too much like the world rather than like him. Now, let me say this. It it goes both ways, by the way. Don't blend in with religious people who don't have a relationship with Jesus either. Now we're doing a little toe stepping right here, but it is what it is. You can blend with the wrong so-called religious people, too. Now we're talking about like Pharisee type people, Sadducee type people. And if you, you're not unfamiliar with these groups looking like scripture, you see these, these are these religious groups with their own little, little games that they play. Some of these other religious groups in the Bible whose hearts were far from Jesus. They're far from what Jesus actually taught. And in our world today, you'll see large groups of so-called Christians that unite around certain ideas that are not even biblical. But if enough of them come together and do it, It can be tempting to fall in line because there's so many Christians balled up doing it. But you got to watch out and compare what they're doing to Scripture. Compare what they're doing to what Scripture says. Compare what they're doing to what Jesus says, what God taught, what the Holy Spirit says it leads us to do. And you'll be like, this is not this is not Christian. I don't care who you say you are. You know, I saw this play out in our political landscape all last year, and I'm seeing it today, even now. You know, so many Christians... Just decided they didn't care what they said. Goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Didn't care what they said or did. As long as their candidate had a chance to win, they'd say or do whatever it took to, to, to make it happen. Didn't matter what side that they were on. You know, and, and I couldn't believe it in some cases what Christians were willing to say and do. For political gain, regardless of what side they sat on. Now, I won't dive too deep into this topic because political conversations usually take over everything and people go off the rails and they lose their mind, which I cannot stand. But I will say this. The political landscape this past couple of years, more than any year I can remember, exposed a lot of Christians priorities in the world. And I don't care what anybody says, debate me if you want to, but you will be wrong because I saw it with my own eyes. How so many Christians showed that they had more faith in who would be the president than in the fact that Jesus is Lord of everything, regardless of who wins. And so many Christians were being nasty and and very few others would see it and call it out. Now, why is that? Because it's easier to blend and I'm not blending with Christians that forget what scripture says, that forget what Jesus says and and just do their own thing in Jesus name. I'm not doing that. In fact, I steer clear of these kinds of people and I just pray for them. But this is the type of blending that's killing their testimony. And we forget that people can always look in scripture and read for themselves what Jesus taught, what God says, what the Holy Spirit says will lead us to do, and look at what God commands his followers to do. And then they can compare it with what we actually do. And it just doesn't match up. We forget that. And what happens? We end up looking like hypocrites. In fact, we don't look like hypocrites. We we don't look like it. We are it. <laughs> we It's hypocritical. And you can't be effective for Jesus this way. It's holding us back. And so I, I challenge you, man, read scripture, pray, ask God to lead you, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, ask Jesus to guide you, and resist the urge to blend in and fit in with what everybody is doing, whether it's a, a secular thing or a spirit or, or like Christians, religious stuff. You can love people, spend time with people and be a friend to people without ever blending in if the situation ca- calls for you to sin. I'm going to say that again. You can love people, spend time with people, be a friend to people without ever blending in if that situation causes, causes you to sin. The Bible urges us to know how to be in the world, but not of it. That means live here, be a light, be salt, be a difference maker. But don't blend, don't copy, don't be lukewarm, don't compromise, don't water down. It's challenging. I, I, I don't sit here and say this like it's easy. It's challenging. But with the power of God, we can do it on the regular. And then we just repent when we fail. You know, churches that want to become great at drawing crowds, a lot of times become horrible at making disciples. And that's just not that's not what it's all about. I was I was serving at a church many years ago and I don't need to say the church's name or whatever. But, you know, we bump heads because, you know, they wanted to use worldly songs in in at our youth services and they wanted to, you know because it was popular whatever the popular worldly song was they tried to sing it at our services and it just didn't even make it just didn't make sense. That yeah you might get everybody in because it's a popular song but you you that's what you're drawing them in with. You're keeping the kids there because it the song is popular in the world. But is that what Jesus really, really wants? And then and the, the same artist that they're using has other songs that has all kind of profanity and stuff like that. And you're just l- literally turning the kids on to that. Wanting to blend. Yeah, you'll draw your crowd, but you're gonna be horrible at making these young disciples. And it's the same thing in my acting career. In my acting career, in 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 the as a Christian actor, you know, there's this whole thing that I get I get so tired of hearing. It's like, you know, let's let's we gotta make it a little dirtier so it can cross over better. What in the world? Like if if you, if you draw them with the dirt, that's what you got to keep them with. They didn't, that's not effective ministry. Yeah. You get a lot of people to watch it, but they're only watching it because you blended, you watered down, you made it dirty. I even, there is, there, there is a Christian producer out there. I don't need to say the name, but this person says, you know, they, they say, I had to get I had to make my script dirty or I wouldn't have gotten certain actors, certain A-list actors to be in it. So I had to dirty up a bit. So this is rated R and there's all kinds of custom, but yet they call themselves a Christian. You cannot do that. That is that is very hypocritical. So, look, I'm challenging you not to worry about blending in and just worry about being more and more like Jesus every day. And Jesus himself said this, he said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. That's the words of Jesus in scripture. This is Jesus letting those people know who want to follow him. That following me can be challenging. You know, Jesus is like, look, I'm not always going to be the guy that people want to invite to the party. I'm not always going to be the most popular guy. And if you follow me, you won't always be either. And Satan will always aim to tempt you with the draw of blending in being accepted by everyone. But that's counter to what Jesus said. He said, don't be surprised if the world hates you. It hated me first. But the world would never have had a problem with Jesus if he would have chosen to blend in, if he just chose to blend with it. But he didn't do that. We know he didn't do that, right? Jesus stayed true to who he is. He didn't blend. And because he didn't, he saved us. And if you and I don't blend, if you and I know how to show love like Jesus did, be in the world and not of it, just like Jesus did, be around unbelievers without becoming what they are, just like Jesus did, then you and I could be a part of the saving process of their lives, just like Jesus did, because we'll lead them to who he is, which leads to a changed life. And that will not hold you back. I'll see you next time on the TCS Live Show.
0: Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life. And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.